you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? We've got a bunch of fighters here that just, we, we've been underdogs the entire time. No one's ever wanted to, no one ever thought that we were going to win, so. Uh. Hey! Fancy punchy show. This is new. Yeah! Let's go! Hand that three, hand that three! One, two, three! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the New Egypt Warrior Boys Soccer Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Warrior Soccer Pod. Uh, today we have Anthony Burr on. Uh, he is a what are you now? Junior or sophomore at Bryn Mawr? I'm about to be a junior. Oh my! Oh, I guess yeah. Cody, you were the same grade. I, it's it's all kind of blending together now that I'm you know been in it for eight years, but I can't yeah. believe you're a junior. That's unbelievable. Oh my god! So. Um, I brought Anthony in uh, to talk. You know, he's he's a, a little different than all the other players we've talked about in the terms that he uh, isn't going. He didn't go to play uh, soccer in college. He he went and played basketball, and he only played for us for two years. But he brings a really unique perspective, I think, on um, playing multiple sports um, and just overall being an athlete. And I think that's something a lot of our guys coming in. You know, we are predominantly made up of, of one sport athletes. Um, and I think he has a unique perspective to talk about being a multi-sport athlete and the advantages that comes with. So thanks for coming on, dude. No problem. No problem. Appreciate you having me. So you're, you're a little delayed, so we'll try to work around that. Uh, I see you talking and then it's, then it's in the voice coming out a little bit, but, um, I was coming up later. Yeah. Is it, is it better now? Yeah, there we go. So, all right. Um, okay. you, you didn't play soccer your freshman year. I know I, I, I subbed a class for you. And I remember talking to you a little bit about it, but I don't know how much of a role I, I actually played in it, but having not played soccer your freshman year, what made you come out your sophomore year to come play for us? Yeah. So when, when I was growing up, my first sport was soccer. I started playing soccer and I was, I was pretty good at it. And so I joined travel teams and I played for a club team. And when I got to about like six or seventh grade, I, I kind of got tired of it. Like I, I, it felt like more of a job rather than, a sport because like sports supposed to be fun and I ended up not having much fun playing soccer hmm. so that kind of turned me away from soccer a little bit and when I got to eighth grade I was talking to my mom and I decided that I was going into high school I wasn't going to play soccer I was going to really focus on basketball and see if I could take my game to the next level and then when the fall of freshman year came around I found myself really bored I wasn't I wasn't doing much and and I I kind of and I had wished that I didn't play soccer. So then after that season went and I decided, you know what, I'm going to come back and, and try to play again. Cause I was, I was only two years removed. So it's not like I was going to have to have this whole readjustment period again, but I'm really glad that I, that I came back and decided to play when I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, we definitely are too. Um, just no, I, I said Bryn Mawr, you went, you go to Bryn Athen. I was completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at, I, it's all good. I was looking at something else and I was looking at your, so, um, We'll get into that, and I want to talk a little bit about your your career there, and you know some of the the um, accomplishments you've had. But um, so yeah, you you um, didn't play freshman year. Come in, uh, I knew I'd heard you, you you knew what you're doing. You'd played before. 
Um, there was this, you know, skinny little freshman who was an athlete, but, you know, was kind of hanging out in the hallways. Um, so you, you joined and we were really excited about that. And it was kind of a big jump for you. Um, what was your biggest struggle in adapting to the game? I know you played as, you know, in your younger years, but coming back to the sport, what was the biggest thing you had to adapt to? Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, the first scrimmage that we had sophomore year and I was playing on the wing and I just remember being nervous as hell when we started the game. I don't know why I was, but I was really nervous. But the biggest adjustment I feel like was just the speed of the game. It's like, because I went from playing travel ball where it was, it was always high pace and, and it was, it was, it was intense soccer. But then for a year I just played rec soccer and rec soccer is nowhere near the level of high school soccer. Mm. So my most recent, like, Playing soccer was rec soccer, and then you go onto a varsity field where you have players that are 18 years old, 17 years old, and I'm 15 turning 16. And it's just the, the physicality and the speed of the game was was a lot different. And it was it was an adjustment the first couple games, but you know eventually you, you get used to it and you 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 start to thrive in that situation. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think um, you kind of had you know have a leg up because you were a little older, but you had some of those struggles that. Um, say like a freshman would have coming in you know you go from playing your club ball and playing 14 year old kids and and that's fine you're and you're playing a high level it's great but then you go into you're, you're facing 18 year old men you know some of these guys you look at I remember playing eighth grade middle school baseball against some of the Del Rand kids and they had beards and, and they drove to the game they were, they were a little bigger than us so it was you know you're playing some big boys yeah, um, and a lot of the a lot of the uh like you get freshman year. A lot of people's adjustment year is freshman year. Mm -hmm. They either play a year of JV or they slowly work their way into varsity. And I never really got that. I just got put right into varsity, which was fine with me. I, of course I wanted to play varsity. It was mm -hmm. just, I definitely needed a little bit of time to adjust. Mm -hmm. And I really think you did. I mean, one of the, I think that, you know, thinking back to some of the strengths of your game was your calmness on the ball. You know, I think you adapted pretty quickly to that. Um, you had that ability on the wing to, to slow up play, read them, you know, what was going on and, and really use your speed to, to cut down a wing. And I think that's where you were most dangerous. So it's funny hearing you say that you'd had trouble adjusting because I think you did a great job of, of adjusting pretty quickly. Um, so that, you know, other, what was, I want to talk a little bit kind of two part question. What were some of the other obstacles you faced, um, you know, jumping from not playing to playing soccer um, other than like learning, you know, the speed of the game. And, and then some more, what were some of your favorite accomplishments playing for us and, and memories? Yeah. So another thing that I feel like I was, it was a little bit was uh, getting back into shape because mm -hmm. basketball shape and soccer shape are two completely different things. Yeah. Like people don't understand that. Like I run a bunch of miles and now I'm in shape. Like it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it, it, no, it doesn't. Absolutely. It doesn't work like that. And it's, it's different when you play basketball because basketball is more just quick speed. It's like you, you, you have like, very, you have more time. It's actually surprising because you have more downtime in basketball where you're, you're usually moving, but it's like you're taking little steps here and then you're exploding here. And it's like in soccer, you have to move all around the field and you're pretty much constantly in a jog. And then you have the sprints and then the jog and the sprints. And it's, it's different than basketball. So I had to get back into that shape. And it didn't take me long because I, I mean, I've always been in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. But after a while, it, 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 for the first couple of games, I was definitely found myself real winded a couple of times, and I had to I had to get back used to that. I remember some and, of the early scrimmages, like bring me out, bring me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, de I definitely had to. And then uh, favorite memories, TCA has got to be. Oh, um, yeah, favorite I, memories. That was that was a good time. That that was good. You, you beat me but, to uh, it. <laughs> another, uh, I just a, a lot of what I loved about soccer was just the camaraderie that I got 
between the guys, especially junior year, with guys that I normally, if I didn't play soccer, wouldn't have been friends with, like Riley and and me and Cody's relationship got stronger, and and me and Sean O'Neill's relationship got stronger. All those guys are people that I really probably wouldn't have been around as much as I would have if I didn't play soccer. And now these guys are still my friends to this day, and, and that that's the biggest thing with sports in general is just is having friendships and 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 being in a locker room with those guys and going out and fighting every single day. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's really awesome. We're thinking about getting Riley in here, but I, I feel like he might not be able to make time for us with his uh, chicken coop or, or ducks. He's got ducks, right? <laughs> That's what he's got. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you know, you, you were a kid that just kind of walked in and sometimes some kids have, you know, jump in the program and there's, there's, those guys that have been there and there's clicks and things like that. I, I really don't think you ever had any problem with that. You kind of, it just felt natural from day one. Um, and I, you know, you have experience with that. You know, you play, let's say, I'm, I'm probably missing a couple here, but you got basketball, lacrosse, baseball, soccer, and football. Lacrosse yeah, is the only one you didn't play in high school, right? No, nah, I played in all, all the middle school. I played lacrosse. All, yeah. So, so you had a diverse uh, portfolio, you know, a lot of, you know, you're a rare breed in that a lot of kids these days, you know, are, maybe two sports, but predominantly focusing on one sport once they get to high school. Uh, and that's kind of been a push. Um, and I personally am and someone that's, you know, pushing our guys to become multi-sport th- athletes in, in high school. I think, A, I think it makes you a better athlete. Um, and B, I think in high school, it's such an opportunity um, to branch out, like you said, and to, and to have those relationships and to try different things. And, you know, I, I really regret not doing a winter sport. Um, even though, you know, wrestling always kind of had those, those things with me. I was like, I would like to do it, but the whole, the the skin checks and all that kind of freaked me out. But, um, you know, but you were a basketball player, you went to college, play basketball, but how did all these different things, you know, touching on all these other sports, you know, how did that prepare you to play, um, basketball in college? Yeah. Well, every, every sport I played, you, you bring something different to the table. Like you, you get new skills and you work on different muscles when you play different sports. Like for soccer, like my speed and agility for soccer, it helped me on the basketball court. My dad used to always say that, like me and and when we grew up, Neil Flogel used to play soccer. I know, so I know. Tell. We yeah. can get him, and he was good. He <laughs> I know, was damn good. He used to come he to the little kid uh, soccer camps. I remember when I was a player coaching him. I was like, yeah, yeah he, he was, he's gonna he come was up. good, but he um. So my dad used to always say you could tell that we played soccer because of how much faster we were than everybody else on the court. And so with that, it's just you learn you learn touch, agility, different things like cutting. Like you like when you see cuts in soccer, they they relate to basketball because you have the same type of cuts. It, it's it's a smaller court, but it's the same idea. And then with football, I, I lifted uh, lifted harder and during football season, and the conditioning was different. So going into basketball season playing soccer and playing football, I was in much better shape than all the players that just played basketball because in high school, most guys don't have the the motivation and drive to be working out. And, and honestly, most people just don't have the time to mm-hmm. do that. But when you play another sport, you're forced into working out every single day and just going into basketball season, playing those two sports, I was in way better shape than I was, especially freshman year going into it. And then baseball, baseball, was the thing about baseball for me was I, I loved baseball. I just, it was just natural and I, and I enjoyed playing the game and it, it was like calming because basketball, I was always working super hard and focused and I hated losing. And it's like, 
it becomes it's stressful sometimes in these other sports. But baseball was never stressful for me, so it was mm-hmm. kind of like a a therapy for me. Yeah, know? I mean, you, you had you had an easy job that that jerk of a coach would only let you bunt, so. <laughs> So I also got hey, to coach I mean, Anthony it in baseball. Out a bunch of times. <laughs> we were first and third of it, no outs, a lot of the time. So, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm not mad about it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did get to coach Anthony twice, and you know it really was uh, a great experience. We went to the, the sectional semifinals there, and we ran out of gas in you know, the fifth inning there. But um, it, it you know it was always fun coaching you. You were you were you were absolutely a competitor, um, and, and and you really adapted well to the different sports. Um, you know, I didn't get to coach you in basketball, but even seeing just kind of how the things flowed um, through the, you know, the falls, uh, winter and, and um, spring season. Um, so you went and then, and you went not in Bryn Mawr, because that's where my grandparents are from. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Bryn Athen. Um, yeah. You got, you went to go play there. And, you know, I want to touch on a little bit about what that experience is like, because I think it's always really important for kids. You know, everyone wants to go play in college. Everyone wants to do this, but I don't, I, I kind of keep going, you know, I always tell the kids, you want to go, that's great. You want to play, but you have to love it. It's a, it's a, it's a job. It's, it's a For big sure. deal. So can you go into a little bit about what your life is like as a college athlete? And then, you know, what are some of the big challenges you had to face uh, while you're there? Yeah. Uh, like you said, you, you got to love it because it, it is, it's a full-time job and, and playing division three basketball, it's probably a little different than like division two or division one sports. But at the same time, the only thing that's different is when you're in the off season, your coach isn't there, but you can get exposed if you're not grinding every single day. If, if you're, if you're having your, your teammates are outworking you or, or you're not getting into the gym or the weight room as, as much as you need to, you will get exposed once the season comes. And that's, you don't want to be behind the eight ball, especially in college sports. Cause there's, there's no time to be behind the eight ball. Hmm. Like you, you got a short season and it's like, you have not a lot of room for error. So you got to be on top of your game the whole time. But it's it's been an adjustment because there's nobody telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Like you have when you're in school every single day and you see a teacher every single day, you're reminded, hey, your homework's done here. Hey, you got this do. Whereas they tell you one time and they email it to you one time and it's up to you to get it done. And if you don't get it done, they're not going to worry about you. And that's been an adjustment, especially freshman year. I'm obviously like coming going into a junior year now. I'm, I'm pretty used to it. But it, it, it was an adjustment. And uh it's you're a full-time student and you're a full-time athlete so if you don't love the game that you play whether it's soccer or basketball or baseball no matter what you go for uh if you don't absolutely love it then you you're probably going to struggle because it, it's a lot it is a lot and, and i want to kind of regress back to high school a little bit you know we are, we're going to go down that route of college but you brought up a point um about the off season and things like that and um, I know you said, you know, in the fall you picked up soccer because there was, you know, you, you felt you were bored. Um, but you were always in, you know, in the summer and things like that, you were, you were a gym rat. You know, we, we, you know, we didn't have to worry about you getting in there. Um, you know, how has that helped you out in college? And, and, and you know, what, what happens if you don't put in the effort in college with the offseason? Yeah, so being a gym rat in high school and, and always being in the gym, I didn't have to change the way I live like in in college when mm-hmm. when people got to the gym or I knew the time was open it was a part of my day it was already like if I didn't go to the gym it, it was a, it was a day that it was a it was a off day like I didn't I didn't feel good that day it's just it's just as it be it's become part of my lifestyle yeah, you made it happen. so that has yeah so it, it it so doing that in high school and preparing myself for college and and the the workload that I have to take on 
it's it, it, it's been everything. And if you're not ready for the season, like I know there's a couple guys on my team that that didn't work as hard in the off season, and it immediately translates when we get to the sprints, especially like the conditioning, because conditioning in college is it, it, it can get rough for mm-hmm. sure. And if you're not already somewhat in shape, then you're going to get left behind. And and that first impression, which is pretty much conditioning, is your first impression you have when your coach when the season starts, because the first couple of weeks is essentially all conditioning. Hmm. Then you already are a step behind. So if you're looking to have a bigger role on a team, no matter what sport it is, and you're not in the shape that you need to be in, then it's just you're already not in a good situation for yourself. Yeah, that's definitely been a theme we keep revisiting is like, if you want to make that impression early on, you know, it can't hurt to be in shape. It can't hurt to be, to be ready sure. to go. Um, so, so what does your off season look like? You know, what is your, I know we've talked, you know, with a couple um, of the soccer guys and you talk about how like there's the hiatus in the winter, they have a short spring season. They, you know, in the, in the summer they get a workout and then they come back. What does your um, off season look like for basketball? So, Obviously, winter is basketball season, so you go through whatever the schedule stuff is. You do what you got to do. Spring comes around, and usually what I did the last two years, I took I took about a week off just to let my body relax, like my mind, just everything off, whatever happened this season. And then it's it's every day you have a weight room session and a shooting session. So I go to the weight room first, and then I'm, so my school is set up, so my weight room is in the same area as my as my basketball gym. So I go lift, and then I go get shots up or work on my finishing or whatever it is. And that's honestly my spring while I'm at school. That's how it goes. And then in the summertime, I join a, I join a, a men's league over at Monroe. Right. And then I usually get in the weight room at school at, at the high school, which who knows what's going to go on with that and have yeah, the gym we, open. We were definitely that's really up in the air right now. So we'll see. Yeah. But it's, it's usually a f- probably five days a week is a workout and, and something basketball related. And then I have summer league games usually late at night. And then once I go to the fall, go back to school, it's kind of the same idea as the spring where you're in the gym every single day. And then we play – my team has, like, scheduled pickup time. So we will have an hour and a half of pickups. And then I usually stay after and probably get some free throws up or, or just some jump shots because it's just – every single day is a day to get better. And if you're not getting better, then somebody else is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talk about that a lot um, in the program is, like, um, you know, what are you doing today to make the, the team better? And, and, and you being better makes the team better. So, you know, especially at college, you know, high school, um, you, maybe you don't see it as much because there is kids out there on the other teams that aren't the best. And maybe you are talented, but when you want to go to that next level, uh, there's everyone there is there to play basketball. You know, they, yeah. they, they aren't playing like, Hey, you know, I'm just doing this to stay in shape or I'm, you know, hey, this is something I've, I've always done, so I'm just kind of doing it. They're there because they're, they want to be there and they're dedicated. Yeah, and, I, and I've learned from from bringing in the guys that we've brought in at my school is that every guy that we bring in is is probably was probably the number one or two option on their high school team because that's why they're going to the next level to play college. Hmm. So not only are you competing to get your team better, but in a way you have to compete against your own teammates because every single guy is is just as hungry as you are. And they, they're all there for the exact same reason. So it, it's, it's, you got to be competitive within yourself and within your team. But then once the season comes around and you guys are all together, it's, it's, it's go time and you guys all have to get better together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, every day you're trying to earn that spot. Um, so, you know, being a group one, you know, it, 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 there isn't as much competition, but I, I really feel if you don't stay hungry, even when there isn't that level of competition, you're, you're going to struggle at the next level. You're going to struggle to, 
to, to, you know, win those fights. So, yeah, for sure. If you, if you, like you learned, if, if you rely on other people for competitiveness, then you're probably not going to get to a, to the, the peak you it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot about being competitive within yourself and competing to get yourself better every single day. Perfect. And that leads into my next question. That was a really great job. Um, I, I really am fascinated by, um, the mental aspect of the game. I think that's something we definitely focus on in the program. And, I'm, you know, uh, we, we talked to Travis Ward, um, you know, who's playing a professional game. We asked him a little bit about it. We talked to some of the other guys. But what does your – I know you're, you're doing film and you're doing this and that and the other thing, you know, um, but there's distractions. There, there's, there's, you know, um, there's family, there's class, there's this, there's that, the other thing. But that, you know, hour before the game, what are you doing um, to get yourself mentally focused for the game? Personally. Yeah, so usually what like I'll go through a little bit of what I do for a game. I'll get into the gym, if, especially if it's a home game. I get to the gym like two hours before the game, and then I go. I'll probably go get like half hour shots up just in the gym. Go to this trainer, and if I if I have like nagging injuries or whatever, get stretched or taped or whatever it is. And then an hour comes around for the game. I'm I'm usually in the locker room. I got my headphones on, and and I just have a ball in my hand, and I'll just be sitting there and just thinking about what we got to get done today. And I'll usually just just either dribble the ball on the ground or just or just play around with it in my hands just just to get the ball in my hands. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just about being focused. If you're if you're worried about other things as the game approaches, if there's 15 minutes to the game and you're worried about something else that isn't the game, then you're you're not going to be focused. Come tip off, and and next thing you know, you look at the clock and your team's down 17 to three, and your coach has already called two timeouts. It's like all right, that's probably because I wasn't focused and my whole team wasn't focused to start the game. So, and, and being a leader on my team, I try to make sure that everybody's focused. So if it's like, if we have guys that are, that are messing around and it's, it's 20 minutes before the game and they're, and they're still tying their shoes or getting ready, then we're not going to be ready to go. So not only do I got to make sure I'm good, but I also got to make sure that my team's good too. Yeah. Let's, let's expand on that a little bit. I think that's another thing. I think preparing for a game in high school, you know, a lot of guys don't think about that being important. They're like, Oh, well, I went to practice and you know, they get the Wawa hoagie 15 minutes before the game, they set their boots and they're like, all right, let's go play. And you're like, you're still, you're still in fourth block. And you're not even thinking about the game. And I think that's something that's yeah. kind of lost in all of that. Um, so let's go, let's go a little bit more in depth with um, that whole concept of, of, of leadership. You know, a lot of guys, we have captains in high school, every high school across the country has captains, but I really personally, we're trying to do better with it, but I don't think we prepare enough um guys to step in that that captain's leadership role so you said getting guys ready before the game like what other things do you do um to kind of take ownership as a leader on the team yeah uh well first and foremost you gotta you have to lead by example if you're if you're a guy that's all talk and you don't do the things that you have expected or have said to your teammates then you lose all credibility you know you you if you're telling guys that you need to hustle back on defense and then i miss a shot and i jog back well, it's like I can talk the talk, but I'm not I'm not actually walking the walk. And that's you lose credibility when you do that. So that's the, that's the first thing when being a leader. But it's also you you can't be afraid, if that makes any sense. Like you can't be scared to to talk to a teammate a certain type of way or to or to to step up and and and, and step up in big moments, too, especially where it's like if you if you fold under pressure, uh, you're, you're just not really a good leader. And there's different types of leadership. You have leaders that that know how to talk to people. You have leadership that, like, you have silent leaders that don't have don't say much, but they do everything you got to do. Mm-hmm. But personally, I I try to get to know everybody. Like, I've always been a really friendly person, 
So I've tried to get to know everybody on my team. So when they're in situations where they need leadership, you know how to lead. And mm. and that's a big part of it too. I think a lot of people that are that they think they're leaders or think they're captains don't really understand the other members of their team. So they don't really know how to lead. They're stuck in their own ways. But sometimes like the way I feel or the way I want to do something isn't always the, the best way to go about things. So you have to be able to adjust and figure out how to lead certain people in certain ways. Yeah, I, I love that. That's an absolutely, it's a fantastic point. You know, there, there's certain kids, you know, coaching wise, you know, I can land at Alex Pavluk and he would respond and things like that. But then there's other kids, you know, you have to talk to them, you know, you know it, it's pull them aside. Um, it's that arm around the shoulder and you, and you don't, you don't know what other people are going through. You know, you can yell at a kid all day and he, what is wrong with him today? And you know, you don't know what's going on at home and you don't exactly. same with your teammate, you know, Hey, uh, uh, he was being a mopey, you know, kid today. What was his deal? Well, you know, you don't know their reality and, and being someone, not only that asks the questions, but someone that they feel comfortable responding to those questions is, you know, exactly. is incredibly important. It, it's a, it's kind of a lost art of leadership. Yeah. And I think, I think having like connection with all of your teammates is, is huge. And, and not just like you said, like when I joined soccer, sophomore year there was definitely a couple clicks on the team and when you have clicks like that in certain situations depending on the other kids of the team or they can feel like like they're they're outside of things and they can not feel like they're connected to things so when you have somebody who is a leader a captain and he's coming up to you and making sure your day was good or or just being friendly whenever you see each other you dap everybody up just so they know that you're there for them and you and you, they can come to you for whatever you begin to learn about every person and you learn like what they act like when they're in a good mood what they act like if they're a little bit off so like when you're in a situation a basketball situation you're at practice and this one guy who's usually all upbeat and happy and he's, he just looks a little off today you might not want to get into him if something happens because you don't know maybe something happened before practice that mm. they're not here for so that's the time you go up to him like yo you good like everything all right like stuff like that yeah, you can ask, you know, hey, are you good? And you, uh, how's everything going? Do you need it? But if they don't trust you and you don't have that relationship established, it, you know, it's going to be, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. And, of course, yeah, they're not going to want to talk to you if they feel like that you don't really actually care about somebody. If like if you're just doing it to say it to get it over with, say, oh yeah, I asked him how he was just just so I did it. They're not going to actually do it. But when you actually care about somebody, you create a connection, and they know that you actually care about how they're doing. They might tell you how they're doing. You could you they could bounce ideas off me or whatever's going on. We could talk about try to get through it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that trust definitely leads to honesty, and that honesty leads to openness. Because I think ninety nine percent of the problems you're going to have is is people not being honest with each other or honest with themselves. And and um, yeah, I, I'm really glad you brought that up. I think that's something you know we don't discuss enough. Is you tell everyone to be you know you should we got to be a family, we got to be friends, we got to do this, that, and the other thing, but. Um, you can't really be that that family if you don't trust each other and you don't have that relationship. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. I think that's a point that maybe we haven't touched on enough in, in, in this podcast so far. So that was awesome. Um, cool, so let's cool. just take a quick break here and we'll be back in a second. Okay, and we're back. So talking a little bit about that leadership and now rolling into my next question. Um you came in, you know, you're a freshman. Were, were you always a leader? I know you you came from high school, be, you know, coming from in, in all three of your sports, being a leader in those sports and having those those qualities and those leadership roles. Um, but did you just jump into college or how did that work? You know, uh, basically, what was your role on the team? Um, you know, and how yeah. has that evolved? So when I got 
when I got to college, I, I didn't really know what to expect because growing up, I, I was, especially being in New Egypt, like there's not a ton of athletes in New Egypt. So when you're a good athlete, you're usually somebody who's getting a lot of minutes in your, in your respective sports. And, and you're usually like, uh, your usage percentage, I'm not trying to go analytic, but like in, in whatever sports you have, usually they're trying to get you the ball or they're trying to, they bat you lead off or second and try to get you as many bats as possible. So going into college where you have all these guys that are coming in from those exact same situations, I, I wasn't really sure what my role exactly was going to be on the team coming in. So, so you you kind of have to you kind of have to to fight when you, when you when you get there. But what I knew that I could do as 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 the person that I am is be a leader. So when I got there, I, I tried my best to talk to everybody, whether it was the seniors on the team. If I saw something they were doing, I'd be like, hey, this that or whatever whatever's going on. I try to I try to lead and and try to help people and try to be very vocal and just be myself. And I think I gained a lot of respect from the kids on my team, the kids that had been there for a while, and my coach. Because after my freshman year, my coach, he, he, he named me the captain on the team. And I, I got a lot of minutes where it was me and, and three, junior, three juniors and a senior or three seniors and a junior uh, my freshman year. And I, was, I led the team in minutes. And I think it's just because my ability to lead and, and to have me on the court as I always like to try to be an extension of the coach. So I go up and talk to the coach and see what he needs to get done on the court. And then I go walk on the court, tell all the guys and stuff like that. And throughout my life in basketball, especially, I've always been that guy that my coach can talk to and, and trust in situations where he needs me to get a message across to the team. Or he or if he if he sees that some guy isn't in the right spot or isn't having the right effort or whatever it is, he knows that I'm going to be a guy on the court that's going to hold everybody accountable and, and hold everybody to a certain a certain level that I expect from them and myself. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Like being a friend, like what you can bring, what you can control is, is definitely your attitude and, and your attitude is, is, you know, yeah, 100%. A couple things that you can control always is, is your attitude. Like you said, uh, your, how vocal you are is a, is a huge thing, especially in, in sports is being, being vocal and talking, whether you're like the last line of defense in soccer or if you're if you're a basketball player, you're a center or a point guard, whatever it is. If you're talking, coaches will notice that type of thing, and it helps the team out tremendously. Like you have a team that isn't that isn't talking, isn't communicating, it, you're not going to be successful. And then another thing that no matter what, you can always control is your hustle too. And, and, and whatever you do, you're doing it 150, percent and that's something that you don't have to be skilled to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and you as a player were always the one plus one equals three guy. Uh, and coaches look for that, like that idea that, yeah, you could, you're going to have off days and you're going to have days where you don't, you know, have the best day of your entire life. And that, that's just to be human, but it's still hard to take you off the, you know, the field or the pitch or the court because you're making all those people around you better. You know, you're, you, they trust you, you trust them and they know that you're, you're going to hold them accountable. You know, even when you're not your best and you're being honest with yourself, those guys are still going to play better because you are there. Um, yeah, and that's definitely something you, know, that. you can have. No, absolutely. You know, I, and I even it's funny thinking back to you talking about being the extension of the coach and stuff like that. You know, thinking back to those conversations and you, the suggestions in practice. You know, you haven't played soccer in you know how many odd years, and then you're still like, hey, I think we should try this. You know, uh, it was always refreshing to kind of hear that kind of stuff. And, and for kids, to be honest, you know, we try to. And for for me personally, it, it is a struggle um, at times to 
balance the hey, I'm the coach and this is what we need to do and here's what we need to do and to to be um to be flexible and you know for it's easier when kids are willing to you know put their voice out there and 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 also willing to be the extension. So you know you tell me something, hey, I don't think so. It's not a personal thing. You're like, all right, cool. But you know it was great having that that person that could then say, hey, this would work a little bit differently. We tried this and 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 being able to be like, yeah, you know what, you're right this time. Um, it doesn't happen if, if people don't talk, if people don't put their voices out there. Um, so that was definitely something that was really refreshing, um, coaching you in both sports. So, so, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up, you know, with the final question we've been asking everybody. Um, and you were, I think you were still around when we did, uh, our first year of wake up the echoes, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but every, every year at the end, uh, of the regular season, as we go into the playoffs, we have, um, we have all the alumni write back messages, uh, just from quick, just kind of advice going into the playoffs. So we've been kind of collecting a, a preseason wake up the echoes. And so given everything you've got, you've talked about and everything like that, kind of bring everything in, in one final summation. Like what is the best piece of advice you would give to an incoming freshman walking into our program um, next year, you know, fresh out of, you know, they've played club travel, whatever they've done, but they're walking into Egypt high school. What's the best piece of advice you think you would give them? Uh, probably just be yourself, you know, don't try to be something you're not. If, if, if you're a type of person who, like I said, leads by example, or if you're the type of person who knows your role on a team and you do something very well, do that thing very well. Hmm. Like, don't, don't try to change who you are because then you might find yourself in a situation that you're not comfortable in. So like my, my main thing, especially like me going to college, I just made sure that I was constantly myself and I knew who I was and, and I just, Stay true to me. Absolutely. And one more bonus question. I, I, you know, you brought something up there. I just kind of want to throw one more thing. And I was thinking of it before. Who, well, you, you know, you played so many sports and you had so many different teams and you had so many people that you worked with. What were some of the leaders as like an underclassman? What were some of the leaders that you looked up to and what were some of their, uh, their character traits and their leadership styles? Interesting. Interesting. Um, in basketball, the first type of leader that I was around was Gino, mm. you know, because Gino was a, a workhorse, an absolute workhorse. And he wasn't a basketball player necessarily, but he, his grind and, and, and just his, he laid his body out every single game. And he, he wasn't this most skilled player, but he knew how to impact the game the right way. He always locked up the best player. He went for the, the hustle rebounds. He took charges. He muscled people off the ball. And when you were in a situation where down, he came over, you know, and like gave you a tap in the back of the head and like, hey, you're good. Keep going. Like hearing that from a guy who's older that I looked up to, and he wasn't even a basketball player, and I looked up to him as a basketball player. That was kind of the first guy, in, especially in high school, that I looked up as a leader, and I took some things from him. You know, like being the guy that's willing to do the things that maybe like if the ball is going out of bounds, even if you don't know if you're going to get it and you dive on the ground and your teammates see that, especially the younger guys see that. The next time that they're they're in the game, they see a loose ball, they're going to do the same thing. So Gino is definitely a guy that I looked up to just to as a leader for sure. Yeah, he was just a grinder. I mean, uh, a catcher, you know, as a, as a as a former catcher, you know, there's a little bit of a fraternity there with, you know, being behind the dish and things like that. So, yeah, he was at you. Know, he he didn't he didn't say much uh, speech here and there, but he just you looked at him. He had that air about him. You were like, 
that's a kid that's going to do everything he can to win. And you better yeah. just follow and, and like I said, he, he, some guys don't have to talk to be leaders. And he really didn't. He didn't have to talk too much. He, he just did what he had to do. And he did it harder and better than everybody else did. Mm-hmm. He was a good dude. So, yeah, that, that's awesome, dude. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I, I it, it, we kind of went off the beaten path of what I wanted to talk about, but I think we really got into some great topics. You know, it's really interesting um, to hear kind of the mindset and what, and, you know, the, of accomplished athletes and guys that made it to the, to the next level and hearing the way they think. And I think it's really something special for, especially the young guys. You know, this isn't stuff a lot of freshmen coming to high school thinking about. Um, is the mental aspect, you know, you show up orange slices, you play a game, you're, you're bigger, faster, stronger, better than anyone else. So you're, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then you start, as it gets more competitive, you get older, these things become so much more important having that, that, that warrior mindset and, and these leadership skills. So I think we got into some really interesting topics and I, I think it's going to be really rewarding for the guys that check this out. So thanks for coming cool. on, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you having me on us. This is really, really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and we'll get you back on. You know, hopefully we'll get you uh, in the in the winter. We'll get back in the season. We'll we'll check in with you again. For sure, for sure. All right, thank you, man.